Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. And today we are talking about self-talk. And it's a really important topic because it's the first time in the 30-day challenge I'm going to introduce you to something that I think changes human lives forever. Once upon a time, a long time before religion was put on this planet, a long time before Christians and Jews and Romans and Catholics and uh, people from the Middle East and Persia and what have you uh, debated who had the wisdom of the earth. A long time before that, there was no argument. Everybody agreed. There was a, a mirror sitting on the wall. People looked into that mirror and they saw just one story. They didn't see a multitude of different gods or different people or different ways or different myths and paradigms and fairy tales. They, what they saw is one story. And uh, one day that mirror got knocked off the wall, it smashed into a, a bunch of bits and people ran in, roughly 10. The Taoist ran in, the Hindus ran in, the Buddhists ran in, the Christians, the Jews, the uh, Islamic people ran in and took a piece of the mirror. And they all ran away going, I know the truth. And they do, because once you follow, once you get a bunch of followers following that piece of the mirror, it becomes their truth. And the beautiful thing about that is that in times of uh, uh, low, uh, uh, when things are low in life, uh, it gives people something to hang on to. It gives them a uh, sort of a, a belief, a should do. And therefore it unites people in community and therefore in some ways uh, creates friendships and collaborations around suffering. All of the rules that are made of all of the religions, whether they're called commandments or the Dharma or the, the uh, 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 principles, of the Tao or whatever it is, are all the same. They all have one single common motive and that single common motive is to overcome the fears of their followers. And if you can help people overcome their fears by creating a so-called antidote to their fears, then you will have loyalty. If you take the seven uh, goals or the seven visions that you have or the seven uh, love twos that you have in your, in, in, in your work you've done so far and look at them in the vision quest you did and what would I love to do in the seven areas of life and you think about the opposite, it's your seven fears. Fear being single or fear being alone, fear being broke and impoverished, fear of death, fear of whatever your seven love twos are the, are the antidote, if you want to put it that way, to your seven fears. And religion has provided the earth with antidotes to fears since the mirror broke. But we're interested a little bit just for today to go back prior to the breaking of the mirror and look at the mirror. And that mirror was not built out of fear. It wasn't built to solve human fears. It was built to create self-talk, self-talk that affirms a direction, that affirms being human, 
that affirms being in a beautiful, amazing, wonderful paradise called Earth that affirms it. It doesn't in any way suggest that what goes on on Earth, that you, what people are experiencing, grief or sorrow or pain or suffering or misery or uh, a divorce, or it doesn't in any way suggest any of that's wrong. It has not built into it a judgment, which is starkly in contrast to the rules and the laws of religion. Because in religion, it relies on punishments in order to make sure there's compliance. You'll go to hell or you won't. In the universal laws, in the mirror, there is no punishment. There's just lower and higher thinking, which is self-talk. There is no negative consequence to not following the universal laws because basically it says the universal laws operate whether you like it or not. The universal laws don't say uh, if you do this, it's good. If you do that, it's bad. They have none of that. Because time is not woven into the warp of a universal law. It doesn't matter whether you, I don't know, meditate today and find nirvana or whether you don't meditate today and find nirvana. You're going to find nirvana eventually, whether it's this life or the next or the next or the next in the rebirth. It doesn't say... There are good and bad people on earth. They're just saying, it just says, there are people on a journey to learn the universal laws. And they will go through relationships and jobs and circumstances until such time as they evolve and find them. And that will take a very, very long time. And, and time is not written into the universal laws, nor is space. So when the universal laws talks about someone being wealthy, it doesn't put the money in their hands, it might put money in another part of the planet. For example, my wealth is in the Himalayas. It's not a block of land, it's not a people, it's not a thing, it's a place, a space. So the universal laws don't necessarily try to materialize your success. And at this point in time, it's really wise to say the universal laws, therefore, that you're about to learn are in your life to create self-talk. Now, self-talk is really important. Now, let me tell you why. The vast majority of people, especially those in corporate, are asking the world to give them information that overrides their self-talk. So a person might be saying, I'm a loser, or I'm not really good, or I don't, uh, or I'm unhappy. What it hopes is that some voice somewhere, uh, either a paycheck, or a boss, or uh, a lover, or a child, or a friend, or a coach, is going to say, you did great. You did great. Oh, here's some money, reward. Oh, here's a set of rules, instructions, or I really believe in you. I'm going to give you a job. I really, I'm going to stay with you. The trouble with all that is that it's a little bit unreliable and 
what we know from the universal laws is for every voice that says you're doing great, another one's going to say you're doing shit. But we never give up trying, do we? We never give up trying to find out of voices, out of proof that the inner voice is wrong. And we try to build our life from the outside in. We say, if I succeed in this job, if I make enough money, if I stay married long enough, if I have enough children, if I have enough uh, successes, if I put enough trophies on the shelf, if I surround myself with enough people who believe in me, I'm doing well. And then we end up with this strange situation, which is a voice inside you can't hear because the, the, the noise, the loudness of these outer voices drowns out the inner voice. And that is absolutely the way we live. And why we don't like sitting quietly alone in a room by ourselves, because suddenly those outer voices can't be heard and the inner voice starts to come up. That's why uh, the biggest punishment we give people is solitary confinement, because the inner voice becomes the loudest voice. In manifestation, in building a life that isn't fraught with the ups and downs of the outer voices telling you you're worthy of love and not worthy of love, telling you you're good because you, you got some reward depending on bosses and, and, and jumping through hoops to uh, manifest things to, that will validate us. Instead of that, there's another way. And the other way goes like this. You learn to talk to yourself on the inside with your self-talk. And from that self-talk, you manifest things on the outside to the extent that you can't hear the outer voices anymore. I'll give you an example. I have an inner voice that says there's two sides to everything. It's a universal law. I've welded that voice into my head. It's as, it's as strong as the day is long. You can't, I can't hear any other sound other than that inner voice. There's two sides to everything. You might think, well, that's pretty trivial. Well, just watch. COVID, two sides to everything, good and bad. Invasion, two sides to everything, good and bad. Air pollution. Two sides to everything, good and bad. Divorce, two sides to everything, good and bad. Death, two sides to everything, good and bad. My self-talk overrides 99.9% of all things that people spend most of their life talking about, whether they're good or bad. And therefore I stay in the higher zones of self-awareness for vastly longer than most people can. Not because I'm smarter or because I fight for it, it's because my self-talk prevents me from listening to the outer voices. The Premier of Victoria, Dan, what's his name? Oh, he did the right thing, he did the wrong thing. My inner voice, two sides to everything, good and bad. Oh, my job, you know, da 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 da. Two sides to everything, good and bad. Your inner voice, really that's who you are. And your inner voice needs training. But the interesting thing is this. If you're living your life 
and all the outer voices are screaming you're doing well, you can't hear your inner voice because the information arriving is all positive and that, in, that outer voice is, well, for all intents and purposes, all you need to hear. There are teachers such as Anthony Robbins who, who, who cause people to succeed because they have this outer voice screaming. And they run away from any negative information only to run into it. But those people are also the same people who suffer depression, same people who also suffer massive amounts of life trauma. And those people are also those people who may or may not, we don't know, die young. The inner voice is the real voice, your voice, the, the voice in your head. And the inner voice cannot speak in the terms of I, because if you say, I am great, I am fantastic, I'm doing well, if you don't like yourself, there's a person you don't like saying you're going to do well. You won't believe that person. You can't. If, 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 for example, if, if I say to myself, I'm a superhero, and I go, who am I to be telling me that? <laughs> Who am I to be telling me that I'm part of the universe? Who am I to be telling me that I'm great? Or who am I to be telling me that I can succeed? I won't listen to that inner voice, just like I wouldn't listen to it if you said it. But if I say you, I'm speaking from the second person and I have no idea who the you is. You're doing great. You see the two sides to everything. You're on track. You're a superhero. I don't know who the you is, but I really like that person. And I really believe them. Psychology has proven that if you want to change a person, you change their self-talk. And so we get to this concept of the universal laws of nature. And why would we want to learn the universal laws of nature? Well, they put order in the chaos. But ultimately, what they're basically saying is what I think inside my head is far more important than the information I receive outside of my head. Because the information I receive out of my, outside of my head, if it doesn't fit with the universal law, won't be louder than the universal law that I know inside my head. Let's go through them. Go through them together. But the most important thing about this is this. When things are going well, people, and I say to someone, you know, you can change your life by reaffirming the universal laws by understanding self-talk, by talking to yourself as you, you're doing well, by using the three levels of self-talk, which are, as you know them already, motivational, instructional, and reward, or parent, adult, and child. And if you use those three levels of self-talk in the good times, instead of listening to the outer voices of the world around you, if you use those three voices in the good times, in the tough times, they become automatic. But what happens to people, I say, if you practice doing your affirmations, if you practice doing your self-talk during the good times, it'll be uh, really good for you in the hard times. And the good times come, after about one week, they forget to do them. You know, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you say to yourself is, whew, I've got a tough day ahead, guess what? You can't get that thought out of your brain all day. It has started the day and it will end the day. And so self-talk has to be on the side of your bed or on the back of your partner's head, 
stuck on a piece of paper. So that the first thing that happens when you open your eyes in the morning is boom, there it is. Self-talk. You're, you're going to have a great day. You're going to do really well today. You're on top of this. You're a champion. You are really good. Instruction. You know what to do today. You know here it is. One, two, three, four. Be grateful. Go for a walk. Take a photo. Go to work. Do, do, do. Instructional, instructional, instructional. And last but not least, well done. Well done. Well done for being you. Well done for uh, waking up this morning bright-eyed. Well done for reading this. Well done for what you did yesterday. Well done for your purpose. Well done for your commitment. And there's reward. Perinatal child. It's funny watching kids play in, in, on the floor and you can see them picking up the blocks and putting one block on top of the other and they can't get it right. And you say, here, let me help you. And they get really hurt and they start to cry because you did something. So that's called instructional self-talk. You've instructed, you've, 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 you've taken, but the child is not playing with the blocks for the purpose of being instructed. The child is playing on the blocks because number one, they're motivating themselves to say, I, I think I can do this, I think I can do this, I think I can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And they're playing for the purpose as a child does, which is the child in us, which is, the, which is absolutely called the reward self-talk. The child in us is saying, I'm doing great. Even though I can't put the block, and even though I'm frustrated, I'm doing great. And then you go and put the block on, you kill the reward. Self-talk. So let's talk about the universal laws. There's five of them. The first one is, we'll start with, with the first one. It's called the law of balance. Nature seeks a balance in all things. Nature seeks a balance in all things. You can say to yourself, you seek the balance in all things. You seek the balance in all things. You seek the balance in all things. And that is a motivational self-talk because of, at the greatest level, that's leadership. You seek the order in the chaos. You seek the balance in all things. It's a spectacular affirmation. The second law is the law of growth. And that basically means from everything that happens, good and bad, there's a learning. You're evolving. So whether it's through a relationship change or a job change or a boss telling you you've done shit, there's an opportunity to say, whoa, you learnt from that. You learnt from that. You will learn from life. You will learn from this. You are evolving. And as you evolve... The greatest thing about evolving is the more you evolve, the more people you can help. So as you evolve, so there is no such thing in the universal laws as a fuck up. There's only chaos that you grow from and learn so that you can help more people. You grow at the, the, the universal law or the second one is that you grow at the border of chaos and order. And so in, in a sense, you're rewarding yourself for going through chaos because that's how you evolve. You're also affirming that no matter what I do, there's going to be chaos and order, support and challenge. The purpose of a relationship, for example, is to support and challenge. And if you've got a positive self-talk, an affirmative self-talk about relationship and say, right now my partner's challenging me, 
That's a really healthy relationship. Well done. Instead of right now my partner's challenging me, boo-hoo, I'm in the wrong place because the external self-talk is not overriding my internal stuff, which is I'm a loser or I'm going to fail or this relationship's not going to make it. Affirmative self-talk is the stuff you do when things are going well that becomes a default so that you can use it when things are going bad. I evolve at the, you evolve at the border of order and chaos. The third one, nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. And we've talked yesterday about grief, or it may be coming, but anyway, one of the days is talking about grief. And grief is the perception that something's missing. Depression is the perception that something's missing. This affirmation in itself overcomes 99% of mental health problems. You say, oh, my uh, partner died or my child was, uh, had some mental health problems. That's not the truth. It's half the truth. Nothing is ever missing. It just changes in form. People say, I'm poor. And I say, I'll give you a million dollars for your eyeballs. They say, no. I said, well, you've got a million dollars you're not being thankful for. And if you don't appreciate it the way you've got it, you won't get it the way you want it. My child has um, autism or my child has some sickness. And I go, nothing's ever missing. It just changes in form. Where's the health? Every child, even if it's uh, what you would call... Uh, 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 what you would call without disability. I don't know what, you know, it's to say the word normal. I don't know what the political correct language is here, but you say someone was, uh, my child's without disability, my child's healthy or whatever. You go, it's not true. Your child has health and disease. Nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. It's their form of illness, their form of disability is just not something you can see right now. Nothing's ever missing. It just changes in form. We live in an abundant universe where things around us are there. We can't lose them. And if we do lose them in that form, they reappear in another form. And the secret of this thing, this affirmation, that I live in an abundant, you live in an abundant world. You cannot be missing anything. It just can change in form. You have everything you could ever hope for. This uh, self-talk overrides the concept of people saying, I'm going to take it from you or give it to you. You go, I've already got it. Which leads me to the fourth law. And the fourth law is what I would think is probably the law that you guys listening to this podcast love most. And that is, if you don't appreciate it the way that you've got it, you won't get it the way that you want it. Like minds gravitate to a, uh, to a, uh, uh, to a self-talk that they have in common. And if you want to be uh, in a place where you manifest the world you want, you must be able to use the third law and say, I, I have an, a, 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 a self-talk in my mind that says, nothing's ever missing, just changing in form. And the fourth law says, if I don't appreciate it the way I've got it, I won't get it the way I want it. If you don't appreciate it the way that you've got it, you won't get it the way that you want it. And the third law gives you the chance 
to appreciate the way that you've got it because nothing's ever missing. And the fourth law says if you, if, if you don't appreciate it the way that you've got it, you won't get it the way that you want it. The, the fourth law says, what do you want? Abundance, third law, and manifestation, fourth law. Manifestation means that we in our brain can control atoms and molecules and subatomic particles. That's called thought. And atom and molecules and subatomic particles in our brain vibrate. And the, and the principle of magnetism, the principle of attraction, the principle of manifestation all operates around the concept of vibration. Wealthy people vibrate together. Uh, manifestors vibrate together. We manifest things into reality through the principle of vibration. And so if we're walking around going, I've got to have, I've got to have, or I didn't have, or I don't have, or I do have, and I'm going to work hard for, we are actually, in a sense, trying to push a big boulder up a hill. Well, we don't need to. The law of manifestation, the law of, abun uh, uh, of, uh, uh, of vibration, the fourth law, the law of vibration, gives us the chance to vision and, and dream things into reality. The process of manifestation is not just some random thing that someone wrote a book called The Power of Attraction, which is about a tenth of the truth. And it's sold really well because a lot of people, just like I said before, want to take a shortcut through self-talk into other talk and prove that how clever they were by how the voices around them are reaffirming what they think. And so the power of attraction and all these things created communities, just another religious group, who believe if they sit on a cushion and dream things up, it's all going to come true. It's just rubbish. Might as well go to a casino. You are abundant. You are balanced. You are growing, evolving. And you have the power of manifestation, the fourth law. These are powerful self-talk realizations that need to be read over and over and over on the bathroom mirror, on the bedroom wall. And the fifth one, is the law of hierarchy. The one and the many. And the fifth law is so beautiful, it is unbelievable. And it goes like this. We're always humble to something bigger than ourselves. Get used to it. You are humble to something bigger than you. In life, you might call that you are humble to a purpose or humble to a vision that's bigger than you. You're never humble to a partner, never humble to a, a person. You're humble to someone else's vision that's bigger than yours. You are humble to the universal laws that are bigger than your thoughts. You are humble in your own vision, in your body. The cells of your body are humble to that. So 
there's a centralizing force in everything in nature. There is one big tree in a forest and a bunch of little, there's one king of the jungle and there's a bunch of uh, animals that are subordinate to it. There's one, the one and the many. And you want to be the one to a many. But that means you've got to get used to the idea that when you're one to the many, if you're at the top, you're at the bottom of someone else's top. And remaining humble to something bigger than yourself becomes a critical element of a self-talk. Because your purpose in life is tapping you in directly into the universe and you are humble to your purpose. Humble to your vision. Humble to that. And you say, I want to have fish and chips for dinner. I want to go here. I want to do this. I want to do that. That I is fighting against humility. Because it's fighting against a purpose. Your purpose is, your gift is, and the I is saying, fuck that. I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to do this tomorrow. I'll take the day off. I want to feel sorry for myself. I want to run a script that I've been running for the last year. And that's okay. Universal laws don't care. You're the one who suffers from that. In a corporate environment, your boss, they're not always there because they're the smartest person in the room. Sometimes they got there because they're the nastiest person in the room. But you're humble to them. Because there's two sides to them too. And everywhere you go, there's an opportunity to grow. You know that because we just went through the universal laws. You just got the ability to be wise. You are wise if you can understand universal laws. And the way to learn universal laws is not by an audio that you've got listening to me now. I'm the teacher of universal laws. I know these laws. I have studied these laws. This is my mastery. Egyptology, uh, the ancient teachings, religion, diverse religions, looking for where the laws have been, the pieces of the mirror were broken and, put, and, and I try to put the mirror back together again to see the whole picture and therefore don't condemn any religion, just see how they're all telling a piece of the truth, not the whole. And I don't condemn people for following religion, I just see that they've got a piece of the, the jigsaw puzzle, not the whole of it. And I understand if you read one book on how to play golf, it hasn't necessarily taught you how to play golf. It's just taught you how to do some of it some way, one way, like one person taught one person how to play golf. Rather than say, I can play golf, which means anywhere, anytime, anyway, with any clubs, in any situation, uh, self-talk. The law of the one and the many mean that if you get 500 things to do on your plate today at work, you say, okay, I'm going to apply the law of the one and the many. You say, you can do this. You know what to do. You use the organizing principle. You say, what's the most important thing? And you put the one thing at the top and the many things at the bottom. And then you put seven levels between the top and the bottom. You go, what's the most important? What are the two next most important things? What are the three next most important? What are the ten next most important? And you build a pyramid. And you end up with a whole lot of stuff at the bottom, which has got to be done, 
There's no question, because that's the got to. It's got to be done. But don't get done first. Because you must be humble to the most important thing. And then you start to organise, supervise, deputise to get this work automated. Same with your health. What's at the top? If your mind is rattled and you're full of anxiety and you're going for a run, you're possibly making your body, your cells of your body worse. Because it really, if you want to be humble to something bigger than yourself, you say, well, the universal law will say, what vibration do I want to have in my brain when I run? And the answer is, an affirmation is, you're a, you're a lucky fucker. That's the fourth principle, the law of vibration. What thought is rattling around in your brain while you go for a run? Oh, gee, I've got this work to do. Oh, gee, I've got that. Oh, gee, my legs aren't good. Oh, gee, I'm not running fast enough. Oh, gee. And you run along with a vibration that actually go, going into the cells of your body and probably causing you more illness than you'll ever know. Instead of, I'm a lucky fucker, I'm going for a run, I'm creating a really beautiful vibe, I'm looking at beauty, seeing the world in a beautiful way, and I'm subordinating the cells of my body to that great single thought. And therefore building health as well as fitness. The universal laws. I've been studying these laws for 48 years. And I still daily find ways to apply them. But the gift is, I studied them when I didn't need to have them. I studied them in times when things were good and easy. And I kept studying. I kept studying. So when things get hard, and I really sometimes want to say to myself, oh, you know, you're fucked up or bad luck or gee whiz, I don't. Now, the final thing I want to say about all this is that what psychology has learned and what, the, what I apply in self-talk is that the physical image of a stop sign, you know, the stop when you, you've got to stop in the car, it's not a light, it's just a, a sign that says stop, red uh, octagonal stop sign. It's really worth to get one on the internet or get one in a card or get one from a toy shop and stick it up somewhere in the house so you've got this image because when, when anything ever happens and you find yourself about to enter into hardship, into a challenge of any description, someone's being critical, someone's being thinking, and you hear yourself go into reaction in your brain rather than, rather than positive self-talk, the only solution, the only solution that they've found in the history of all the psychology is the visualization of a stop sign. An image in your brain that says there's a left road, which is going to be negative self-talk. I screwed up. I could have done that better. Oh, man, I hate this. Or, oh, gee, I did a wrong thing. Oh, blah, blah, blah. That's the left road, and there's a stop sign completely blocking you going down that path. And to the right, there's an empty road. And the empty road is positive self-talk. You can do this. Three levels of self-talk. What are they? Motivational, instructional, reward. What we need? We need all three. In balance, all the time. Parent, 
adult and child. Not all of us got parents who gave us good examples of motivational self-talk. Some tried to motivate us by telling us what, how we screwed up, what we did wrong. Some tried to motivate us by telling us that no matter what we did, it wasn't good enough. These things we have to relearn. Otherwise, we're just carrying forward the crap that we were delivered in, in motivational, instructional and reward self-talk. We're going to give that to our children, pass on an inheritance that may not be the most precious gift they ever received. Have a beautiful day and I'm looking forward to your questions. Bye for now.